like I might be three hours later than I'd claimed. That was one of Daniel's more impressive accomplishments. He had perfected the art of the passive-aggressive text message. He'd been practicing for years. When I was younger, I used to believe I could see the future. This was probably my father's fault, filling my childhood with platitudes from his philosophy lectures, letting me believe in things that could not be. I'd close my eyes and will it to appear in tiny, beautiful glimpses. I'd see Daniel in a cap and gown, my mother smiling beside him through the lens of my camera as I motioned for them to get closer. Put your arm around her. Pretend you like each other. Perfect. I'd see me and Tyler, years later, throwing our bags into the back of his mud-stained pickup truck, leaving for college, leaving for good. It was impossible to understand back then that getting out wouldn't be an event in a pickup truck, but a ten-year process of excision, miles and years slowly padding the distance. Not to mention, Tyler never left Cooley Ridge, Daniel never graduated, and our mother wouldn't have lived to see it anyway. If my life were a ladder, then Cooley Ridge was the bottom, an unassuming town tucked into the edge of the Smoky Mountains, the very definition of small-town America— but without the charm. Everywhere else, anywhere else, was a higher rung that I'd reached steadily with time. College 200 miles to the east, grad school one state north, an internship in a city where I planted my feet and refused to leave, an apartment in my own name and a nameplate on my own desk, and Cooley Ridge, always the thing I was moving farther away from. But here's the thing I've learned about leaving— you can't really go back. I don't know what to do with Cooley Ridge anymore, and Cooley Ridge doesn't know what to do with me either. The distance only increases with the years. Most times, if I tried to shift it back into focus, tell me about home, tell me about growing up, tell me about your family, Everett would say, all I'd see was a caricature of it in my mind. A miniature town set up on entryway tables around the holidays, everything frozen in time, So I gave him surface answers, flat and nonspecific. My mom died when I was 16. It's a small town at the edge of the forest. I have an older brother. Even to me, even as I answered, it looked like nothing. A Polaroid fading from the edges in, the colors bled out. The outline of a ghost town full of ghosts. But one call from Daniel, we have to sell the house, and I felt the give of the floorboards beneath my feet. I'm coming home, I said, and the edges rippled, the colors burned. My mother pressed her cheek against my forehead. Corinne rocked our cart gently back and forth at the top of the Ferris wheel. Tyler balanced on the fallen tree angled across the river, stretching between us. That girl, my dad wrote, and her laughter rattled my heart. I need to talk to you. That girl. I saw that girl. An hour later. A moment later. And he'd probably forgotten. Setting aside the sealed envelope until someone found it abandoned on his dresser or under his pillow and pulled my address from his file. But there must have been a trigger. A memory. An idea lost in the synapses of his brain. The firing of a thought with nowhere else to go. The torn page the slanted print, my name on the envelope. And now, 
Something sharp and wild had been set loose inside my head. Her name, bouncing around like an echo. Corinne Prescott. Dad's letter had been folded up inside my purse for the last few weeks, lingering just under the surface of my mind. I'd be reaching for my wallet or the car keys and feel a sliver of the edge, the jab of the corner, and there she would be all over again, long bronze hair falling over her shoulders, the scent of spearmint gum, her whisper in my ear. That girl. She was always that girl. What other girl could it be? The last time I'd driven home was a little over a year ago, when Daniel called and said we had to get Dad into a facility, and I couldn't justify the cost of a last-minute flight. It had rained almost the entire trip, both ways. Today, on the other hand, was the perfect driving day. No rain, overcast but not dark.